We are so excited you've decided to listen to this week's sermon podcast. Hey, we release sermon podcasts weekly, so be sure to follow us and hit that notification bell so you can be notified when episodes are released. God bless and enjoy. I know I'm in the will of God. Brother Rusty called me yesterday afternoon and I guess I'm reaping what I sowed. Some of the preachers, Brother Brian and some of you, say I didn't call until the last minute. Didn't give them time to even prepare. I was driving down the road and he called me in. I said, yeah, I'll I'll help you, Brother Rusty. Went on home and as I was pulling in my driveway, I had to go out in my yard to go around the ambulance. And Rosie, her daughter that's living with us now, had a seizure. And we spent several hours in the hospital there in Rockwall. And I said, well, you never, ever, ever do God's will usually that it wasn't some kind of a problem. Now, y'all going to help me or not? If you're not, we'll go home and eat pizza. Hallelujah. So I called him back. I said, look, I can't do this. He said, yeah, you can. He said, no, I'm not. I can't. Yes, you can and you are. And I said, well, all right. My wife, sugar was getting a little low, and we're in Rockwall, and we pulled in there to the Waffle House. When I sat down to eat, something hit me, and I got me a napkin, and I wrote my sermon. And it said, Psalms 46 and 1. You have your Bibles and want to turn. I've come this morning or this afternoon to tell somebody that no matter your condition, makes no difference where you're from where you've been 
how bad the situation, it makes no difference. And I come to tell you today, from a table at a restaurant, that I believe if God ever talked to me, I believe he did. And let me know that somebody would be here today that was burdened, that was sick, was worried, and down I've come to tell you that if God can reach out in Waffle House and talk to me he can reach out to Life Point and touch you Hallelujah If you're visiting with us today, I want to tell you that you're so welcome here. And we love you. And once inside our door, you're a visitor no more. Hallelujah. Now, if anybody wants... To have this, probably the best sermon you ever heard. The first one up here can have it if you want it. You want it? Take it home with you and preach it. Hallelujah! I am honored to be in this building Larry asked me Larry Gibson asked me when he walked in this morning he said now how long has it been since we've been here and I had remembered that just before he asked that my brother Carl used to be young and I was looking out through my office Believe it or not, when you walk out, I'm watching you. And when you walk in, I'm watching you. The eyes of the bishop is always on you. I re- when, After Larry had asked me that, here walks Carl and Gay. And from my window, all I saw was white hair. Twice. It's been a long, long time, and I'm I'm honored after all of these years. Matter of fact, I remember when we built this building. You know what the plans came off of? It wasn't Waffle House, but it was a napkin. could have been I 
I know I'm taking time. But I've got something in my heart to tell you. In all of the the talk of war, all of the talk of the negative world that we live in, out of everything that's bad, and we hear it often, I want to come this morning and give you some hope that you can carry with you to eternity. I love my pastor. I love to work with him. I love Brother David and Sister Hillary and all of you, our preachers, Brother Brian and every one of you. I love you all. Now let me tell you, if you don't ask God to anoint the rest of this service, we're going to have a mess. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalms 46, chapter 1. God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. Refuge. A few years back, David and we were hunting down in West Texas my brother-in-law Eldon's place and David will probably remember this in my stand on one side of the hill it looked to me like it was better hunting on the other side and uh, I, I didn't want to go there because he told us where to hunt but when I got back up to the camp where he was I said Eldon man that's some good looking hunting over there and he stopped me right quick and he said no don't go there I said why he said that is my dear refuge a place of safety a place that you can't hunt they can run and they can run and can do whatever they want and you leave them alone and I feel like God is telling us today I am your refuge there's nothing going to hurt you there's nothing going to harm you there's nothing Hallelujah! Somebody shout his name. You can be seated if you like. He's our refuge and strength. 
Refuge is a shelter or protection from danger or distress. I'm sorry, Gay. Maybe he'll come back. <laughs> or calamity. Any place where one is out of the way of any evil or danger. God is our refuge. Several places in the book. One place it said he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When we think of Abraham, we think of faith. A man of faith. When we think of Isaac, Isaac denotes laughter. He was full of laughter and full of fun. But when we get to Jacob, we find ourselves. We were sinners. We were lost. We were liars. We were thieves. We were robbers. We were everything that's bad. But thank God when he looked down and he wrote in Psalms what he said. He didn't say that the God of Abraham is with you. He didn't say that the God of laughter is with you. But he did say the God of Jacob is our God. I want to tell you sinner. I want to tell you liar. I want to tell you somebody. That's not what you think you ought to be yet. God is our refuge, the God of Jacob. Come on, somebody. He wants to bless somebody. He wants to heal somebody. He wants to do something for you. Brother Mark, I'm believing I don't know your problem, but I know something. I know you're down. I know you're heavy. I can see it in your face. I know one thing. God is our refuge, and God is our help in time of trouble. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank God. Thank God. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with swelling thereof. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early, anybody got a clean handkerchief. I can borrow. I'll bring it back. I don't want a dirty one. I want a clean one. You got one, Carl? You got one, David? No. I can't, I can't use that. I can't use that. I'm sorry. 
Hallelujah. Be heaven, the heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob. The God of Jacob. Somebody look at somebody and say, the God of Jacob is my God. The God of Jacob. How many times have you woke up in the morning with this world in the condition that it is? I know I have. I've not only woke up, I've had problems sleeping at times. Woke up and not knowing why, probably never will thank you, Brother David. You'll always be my assistant pastor. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you. I'm serious. I need that. How many times you wake up and, and the enemy has already before you ever have your first cup of coffee. Oh, I feel what I'm saying. Before you ever get out of your bed, you're already troubled. You're already worried. You're, you're wondering what is going to happen bad. Why is it that he can never tell us there might be something that's good going to happen? Am I the only one here like that? How many times does he tell you you're not going to make it? How many times has the God of Jacob being your answer. Oh, somebody love him right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Sometimes he comes in a refuge when we're not even expecting it. Sometimes he heals, Brother David, when it's impossible. I've told the church before, the young man, his name is Chase, a while back had a problem and he was in the hospital for weeks. And I went up one night in Baylor Hospital, Big Baylor. Him and his mom and dad was there, and he was about half conscious. The doctors had told the family that there is no hope. He has less than 2% of recovering. One person had this that you have right in our hospital. They cut her leg off, and then after that, she passed away. There's no hope. Make your plans for a service. I walked in that night fairly late, and Mom and Dad was asleep, laying there, and 
I woke them up and they said, Preacher, we're glad to see you. He's asleep and I said, that's fine, that's, that's fine. I just come to tell you that everything is going to be all right. They burst into tears. Well, you say it is, but the doctor said it's impossible. I want you to know, I don't care what the doctor says. I know the God of Jacob and I know the God that's my refuge and I know the God that says I am God and there's nothing too hard for me. He woke up. We had a prayer and after the prayer was over he opened his eyes and as I was walking out, Chase lifts up his thumb like this. What's he doing? No hope. Oh, Mr. Doctor, I want to tell you something. You do a lot of good, but you ain't never met my refuge. You ain't never met my healer. You have never, ever, ever, ever witnessed what God is able to do. Oh, I wish somebody would get a healing right now. I wish somebody would get a hold of some strength and some joy and strength in God. Oh. You see, the refuge is not only when we're out hunting. It's when we're sick. It's when we're hungry. It's when we're down and when we're out. Walked in the hospital room of the waiting room one day to visit one of our brothers that was going to have surgery. Sitting across from me was a lady that as I watched her I knew she was in so much pain an elderly lady she sat and cried I walked over to her and said, ma'am, I see you're having a problem. Would you like to tell me about it? She said, sir, my daughter is in surgery. They've carried her down for surgery. She has a cancer that they say that more than likely 
what they're doing will do no good, but probably she'll never leave this hospital. And I said, ma'am, do you know God? And she looked at me kind of funny and didn't get much of a response. And I said, can we pray? Oh, you ain't feeling what I'm feeling. Oh, can we pray? She said, sure. Without a big shout or hollering or jumping or anything, no week or two to fast. Brother John, I love you. Let's go fishing. Went back to my seat and sat down and the man that was having surgery was all over and I walked out of the hospital and a few minutes later I got a call from the man's wife and said, Pastor, this lady, I don't know her name, but she told me to tell you that they went in for surgery and wasn't nothing there. Oh, God. Is that weird? No, that's what we prayed about. When you pray about something and it happens, it's not weird, but it's the answer. Hallelujah. It's our refuge. It's our God. It's our answer from God. And I've come to tell you there is hope. Oh. Brother Rusty, you ain't never preached this good. You ain't never felt what I feel. But he'll learn. I've been teaching him and I've been working on him. He'll get better, I promise. That's all in fun, but I'm going to tell you this, Brother Jim. This is not in fun. God is our answer. He's my refuge. He's got me in a place. Psalms 91 says that he, hallelujah, is going to put us in his presence. He's going to hide us. There's nothing can find us. I want to tell you when your troubles come, there's a God that'll put us away and there's no enemy. There's no evil. There's no disease. There's nothing that can attack us because God has got me. He is my refuge. Hallelujah. We don't have to beg and I'm sorry for talking about me so much this morning, but I'm the only one I know. I, I really am. I, you think you know me, but you don't, but I do. <laughs> when we went in our 90-day fasting here a while back, and I know you don't talk about what you 
put away or quit or ever what because that's between you and God. But I'd had back and shoulder problems for years. And the doctor had me sometimes on five medications a day. Brother Donnie, I said to me, said, you're not going to take any more of that. For 30 days, I didn't, didn't take a one. After the first day, there was no pain. He can have those three or five. This has been, what, two or three weeks? I hadn't had one since. If you want to borrow them, you can't have them because I'm going to throw them away. Not a pain. Now I want to know how, I want to tell you how the enemy acts. Before I leave out of here, I'll be walking like this. But God is the answer. You say, is something wrong with medicine? No, sir. No, sir. Take it if you have to have it. But I decided, God, I want to live without it. I want to be what you want me to be. I want to be able to stand and testify and tell somebody that God steals, answers our prayer. He's still my refuge. My only hope. Oh, somebody shout hallelujah. 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 He's a refuge over everything. Over spirits. Over pain. Over sorrows. Do you believe God is stronger than Satan? If you believe it, I just want you to stand up for a minute and show me you believe it. You can be seated. I'm in a men's prayer meeting in Sandy Lake, Louisiana, where I pastored. And some of you have probably heard this before. I got a call. And this voice says to me, I answered the phone. He said, I need to talk to the preacher. And I says, and he said it a little smart. So I guess I was a little cool with him. I said, I am the preacher. He said, I got a bone to pick with you. I said, all right. That's, tell me about it. He said, my wife or my girlfriend went to your house, went to your church on Sunday night. Now, this is on Tuesday night. Went to your church and she got something and come home and threw me out. I said, hallelujah. <laughs> How did I get her back? I said, get what she got. He said, I don't know anything about it. 
I get all of my strength from Satan. I am a Satan worshiper and I get my power from him. And I promise you, he's stronger than your God. I said, well, let's see. He said, how? I said, come to my church tomorrow night and I'll baptize you in his name. And we'll see if you walk away believing in Satan. I, I tell you, I, might have, I thought maybe I made a mistake because Wednesday night come along and here walks this giant. He's a lot bigger than Chris. He made Chris look little. He walks in. I give an altar call. Oh, I said, don't let him come. Please, God. And here walks Rodney. I get a chair so I could anoint him. He's big and ugly. He said, now what I do? I said, repent. He said, what's that? I said, tell God you're sorry for all of your sins and you're sorry for being a Satan worshiper. He said, and then what? I said, I'm going to put you in that water and I'm going to baptize you and we're going to wash all that devil off of you. He said, I'm scared of water. <laughs> oh, that drowns you, big rascal. I got him back. I got him back in the back there where the baptistry was and he says, I can't go in. I said, why? He said, I'm scared. Well, you big old cry baby. Where's your Satan at? They cry babies. Put him underwater and he come out speaking a different language. I want to tell you, Satan, God is our refuge. He is our healer. He is our deliverer. He is our God. <laughs> what time is it, Sister Beckham? How long have I been talking? Please tell me the truth. Well, come on, come on, get ready. I'll never get through if you don't. Please. When a preacher gets started, when he feels like preaching, yeah. folks, I ain't preaching a long, long time. And sometimes it eats at you. Hallelujah. I walked in. He's in Dallas. It was at an Oldsmobile dealership, and I walked in to write an estimate for I didn't know who. I walked in the office there, and I had my clipboard, and and uh, the lady, little little lady, sees me, an elderly lady. Seems like all I deal with is elders. What's wrong with me? 
I'd like to find some young dude sometime and tell something on him. She said, I, I, I walked in and this fella, I had just gone to school and, and got my license. And uh, this little lady, I see she's all ears. And she said, and I, can I say it like she said it? She said, is you a preacher? I said, yes, I am. I'm going to be one of these days. I'm trying. She said, would you pray for me? Now, look, we're in Oldsmobile dealership, and there's windows and, and, and all the way around, and there's people everywhere. And I just knew there was a hole looking through the window. And I said, sure, I'll pray for you, Michael. She said to me, okay. And I stood away from her as long as I could. She said, I'm very sick. She said, preacher, I'm sick. Pray for me. And I said, okay. And I reached my hand out. Like that away from her. I'm, I'm scared of her. There's something, something about, you know. She said, no, preacher. You don't know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, I want you to really pray for me. I want you to anoint me. We're not in church now. We're in a dealership. She says, I reached out and I said, Lord, please, if there's not a hole here, find one. I need to get out of here. He taught me a lesson that day. I prayed for that little lady and I, I had my oil and I anointed her. And I'm talking about, I wish sometime I'd see you do that. We're in Oldsmobile dealership. With windows all around and everybody looking. I'm, I'm talking about, I thought whole Dallas was looking. That's in my mind. I said, and that little lady jumped up. Hollering, I'm talking about. Ah! <laughs> oh, God. Do I, what, what do I do? Do what, what, what can I do? That was her refuge that day. That was her healing. I hadn't seen her since. But I did, I did tell God, God, if you ever, anybody ever asked me to pray for him again, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm not going to do like that. I'm going to do like I used to when I was young. I didn't, I, I'm not going to anoint them. I'm going to put a whole bottle of oil on their head and, and see what happens. I, I want to tell you something. God is able. Has anybody here ever been in the service? Ever been in the army? been in the Marines, ever been in the Air Force, 
ever been in the Navy. Would you say that that maybe could be a refuge? When wartime comes, you're covered as far as they're concerned. His name was Jeff Nashton. And I'm closing with this. He was a Marine. He was in Germany. He was in a bunker that was demolished, was bombed. They say that they carried him to the hospital as we all stand, please. Carried him to the hospital and he was more dead than alive. He was buried under concrete and steel he was broken his body was beat bloody and broken nurses and different ones had come through and tried to get him to at least wake up and recognize them and he never would finally a nurse walks to his bed and said Jeff there's a General Kelly here to see you said for the first time he opened his eyes And he started with broken arms and fingers. He reached up to see, is he really the general? Folks, I want to tell you, he's really the general. He's really the general. He asked the nurse for a pencil and a pad. They barely discerned what he was asking for. She gives it to him and He scratches out two words. Why did this happen to him? Because he had a refuge in the Marines. They fed him, they clothed him. 
It's where he lived and it's where he was protected. Up to two words. General Kelly looked at those words and tears burst from his eyes. He dropped the purple heart that was in his hand. He dropped it to the floor. Why, why, General, would you cry? Why would you drop it to the floor? He said, because those words, and you've seen it on bumpers, you've seen it and you've heard it. He said, those words were Semper Fi, always faithful. Folks, if we could understand that God is our refuge, He's our healer, He's our deliverer, He's our Savior. If we could understand that, and if we could get a hold of that spirit. I might be bloody, I might be down, I might be poor, I might be broke. I might be homeless. But I want you to write down for me when I can't write. Simplify. I want every eye closed in this place this morning. I feel like somebody has come. Somebody might need healing. Somebody might need deliverance. Somebody might need God to take away the heaviness, the pain that's in you. I feel like you're here. I want you to listen to this message from Waffle House. But it didn't come from Waffle House. I believe the top of that ceiling opened up. And there there was a God of glory that came down as I began to write. (laughs) He said, I'll be your refuge. Tell somebody. I want to tell somebody something simple. Is everybody listening real close? I want to tell you, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And you're here and you need him. I want you to come right now. If you have a need of any kind. Well, let me say it.